Amen. Can I hear an amen this morning? Praise the Lord. You may look to the left and you'll see Michael sitting himself, lonely, lonely, sad and blue, and feels he's not a friend to tell his trouble to. No, Gloria hasn't run off. She's up north in uh, Delaware with the children that she goes with with the summer. But, you know, I heard a little birdie told me that she'll be here next Sunday, God willing. So this whole section here will be filled with Michael and his children. He's got quite a tribe of children and the cutest little boys you've ever seen in your life. And they'll be here, and they're sitting at front row, and you've no idea. They enter in at the beginning, and that encourages me. Let me tell you, I love to see your children coming into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. They are the children, they are the church of today, let me tell you, and it's a joy. And Kenya's not here, nor is Chase, but will you tell them that I mentioned their names when they come back in? Kenya and Chase have been coming, and I told they have a big family here. They've got uh, a huge big bus that they carry them in on, all the children. And I told them, once I learn all their names, then they can stop coming if they want to. <laughs> but it's wonderful to see you and your family in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to see every one of you today. And I pray this morning, I truly do pray, that you'll leave here receiving something from the Lord that will encourage you. There are those that I wished had been here today to hear this message, because as a pastor, sometimes you, you get to know what everybody else is going through and the difficulties and the trials that you're going through. And sometimes you wish you could take their place, and oftentimes I wish I couldn't, didn't, didn't have to take their place because they're going through so much. But I would tell them today, if they were here, there is someone that can bring you through your lowest valley and can help you through it all, and God willing today, I will get that message across the way that I received it. Reaching out is the title of my message, and we'll start reading from Matthew 9, verse 18 through 26. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And a woman, and the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people went, were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. I pray that God will add a blessing to the reading of his special word. Many of you might not think with my clean-cut exterior and so well dressed in my mannequin clothes that uh, 
I want to tell you today that there was once upon a time when I was younger that I was quite a rascal. And I was quite daring. And I liked to do all the things that other big boys did in my eyes. Because everybody was normally bigger than me, taller than me. But you know, to make up for that, you would do things that you wouldn't normally do to make yourself macho alongside the big lads. We live in a part of Scotland that's real rocky, and the cliffs are there, and uh, it's a, a funny place to go to. But we used to go to the cliffs, up at these big crags, and the seagulls used to lay their eggs right on the edge where nobody could get to them. Little did they know that we had a plan. And we would climb up these rocky faces and get the eggs and, and take them home, these seagulls' eggs, and they were very strong. I never liked to eat them, I just liked the challenge of going to get the eggs. And some people have fallen from the cliff and, and died. Some have been seriously injured. And the, the water just comes up, up at the top of the cliffs, and it, it's very dangerous. Not that thing, one of these things I would tell you as a challenge, don't do this at home. <laughs> but I used to do these different things, and it reminded me today of a story that I'd heard a little while ago. It's a story of a young man who had been walking on the edge of the cliff and he tripped and he fell over the edge of the cliff, going down as you can imagine. Just think about it, falling off a cliff and going down. And you can hear the yell, ah! Well, on his way down, there was a branch or a tree limb that stuck out from the side of the cliff. And as he was tumbling down, singing at the highest voice, ah! He grabbed on to that tree limb and he held on for grim death. And when he got his composure and things started to come to him, he looked up holding on to the tree. Just imagine him hanging there for grim death and he grabbing onto this limb. The following conversation ensued. Is there anyone there? I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? Yes, Lord. I believe. I really believe. But I can't hang on much longer. How many of us have been hanging on to something and we realize we can't hold on much longer and we've cried unto the Lord and it seems like, well, he's not answering me. Now he's hanging there. I can't hold on much longer. That's all right. If you really believe, you have nothing to worry about. I will save you. Just let go of the branch. There was a moment of silence. And there was a pause. And then the voice from below shouted up, Is there anyone else up there? <laughs> you see, he had more faith in the branch than he had in the Lord. How many of us in here this morning have got more faith in the branch that we're holding on to than what God tells us in his word or, or, or in him. It's tough to reach out for a miracle. This morning, I would like to look at these two stories as an example of some of the obstacles which we face. We could prevent us and prevent us from reaching out for a miracle. These are stories of people who reached out in spite of everything, reached out in spite of the circumstances. And I think we can learn from them. How many know that we can 
learn from other people's mistakes. How many of you believe that you can learn from your own mistakes? I've made many mistakes, and you know I didn't learn from them sometimes. And I had to go through them again before I could realize that I was doing the wrong thing. We can learn from the mistakes of others, and we can learn from the mistakes that we've made in our lives. There's none of us perfect in here today. No, not one of us are perfect. Steve, that includes you. John, Donna's acknowledging that. Number one, go to Jesus. Jairus, did I read the scripture? I did, didn't I? Yes. Jairus, who was a rich ruler and a woman, knew that Jesus was their only hope. And if we had any sense in here today, no matter what you're facing or what you're going through, difficulties, trials, we all go through them just at different stages and at different levels. Pastor John used to say, everybody's got problems. When he came to America, he realized, he probably realized in Scotland, but he just uh, became aware of it when he got to America, that everybody's got problems, just some have more than others. And if we've got any sense, we would know that when you have a problem and you have a difficulty, go directly to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood had tried everything else. It tells you in his word. She'd spent all her money and all that she had. And yet she would still had the same problem with the issue of blood. But now she heard about Jesus and decided that she's got nothing to lose. If you've got a problem here today or a circumstance you're facing, let me tell you, you've got nothing to lose. Try Jesus. It works. He works. He's alive. He's real. And he can take care of all our problems. So she decided she had nothing to lose. She knew if she could only touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. So she pressed through. How many of you had to press through in different circumstances? She pressed through the crowds and reached out. Jesus felt the power leave him and turned, saw him, and said to her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. A woman with no name, we're not told her name, but Jesus called her daughter, and she was made whole from that hour forward. She, she reached out. She realized that there was nothing else. She tried everything else and was left in the same situation. Why not before we try everything that we reach out and we touch the Lord and we reach out to him to receive our miracle? Now, all miracles are not healings. There's other forms of miracles I'm sure that we've gone through. I've gone through many in my life where I've seen God's hand do different miracles. He was on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus was a well-known rich ruler in the community, Jairus stopped and worshiped Jesus. He knew that that was his only hope. He knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come, put your hands on her and she will live. He had the faith to believe that Jesus was his only hope. And he went to him and he bowed his knee and, and I guess with the place he was of authority, 
he bowed his knee and, and acknowledged who Jesus was and asked Jesus to come because he knew if Jesus had just, would just lay his hand on his daughter, she would be healed. Reaching out for his miracle. Even a wealthy people have to reach out. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or poor, if you're black or white, yellow or brown. None of that matters. You know, we have to bend the knee and ask Jesus to come. He wouldn't let anything. He was determined. I know a few determined people in here this morning. I could just look at them. And I can tell you that they're, I won't name them by names because they might not come back. <laughs> but uh, that are determined. He was determined in the right way. He was determined to seek the Lord down and to get to him because he knew that was the only solution. As Jesus entered the home, the mourners were there and they were all making a noise. He told them to leave. The girl is not dead but asleep. They laughed and they scorned him. Jairus was an important man. He was, uh, ha had a great reputation. And he was betting his reputation on the faith in Jesus. The mocking was directed at him too, no doubt, for trusting Jesus. It would have been much easier to simply surrender how many of you felt like that? Better just not say nothing here. But he stood his ground and he put his trust in the Lord. Much easier for him to surrender, to go than to go for the harsh truth, just to go on with life. Both of these, the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus, were willing to reach hard for faith when faith wasn't easy. If you're in a place today and you feel that faith is not easy, when you feel that you're not getting through and there's nothing coming back to you, and you're still going through a difficult situation or what it is, I'm encouraging you today to continue to keep your trust in the Lord because he will sue you through. He does it in his time. Faith doesn't flow downstream. Faith swims against the current. Faith requires us to trust. And the unseen faith requires us to believe in the impossible. What's impossible with man is definitely possible with God. If you want to reach for a miracle, you must be sure that you're reaching in the right direction. You've got to go to Jesus, and you must be willing to go against the flow. Don't sit at home amongst the mourners. Or maybe it's the mourners. Let me say that again because my accent's funny. Don't sit at home amongst the mourners. Or maybe it's the mourners that you're sitting at home and listening to. And they can bring you down too. Those that mourn, continually mourn all the time. And they, they bring you down. In fact, I was picking someone up for the airport yesterday. And there was two sisters in the car. One was entirely different from the other. One was married to a reasonably nice guy, and the other one was married to a guy that just had beaten her down. Not, I don't know about physical, but just in the mental. And she was a basket case, and the other one was fine. And you know, you can see the difference. And it's easy 
to be beaten down sometimes and, and just stay where you are. Let me encourage you. Look to the Lord. You're not meant to be beaten down like that. And uh, I just saw the difference, and I felt and I, in my own self as I was driving the van, I, I just gently prayed for her in my own spirit. Swim against the current regardless of what you're facing today, regardless. I have several up-to-date miracles that have happened here in our midst. Just the other week there, I had one of the congregation come to me, a friend of mine, he's actually a friend of mine. He says, I would like to see this happening and that happening and this. I said, well, listen, hold it. I, I got a wee bit defensive. You ever got defensive? Sometimes somebody comes at you. And I, but he was bigger than me, so I decided I'll just keep calm. God has given me sense over the years. And I said, hold it. I says, where these things that you want to happen, it starts in here. It starts in you. There has to be a change in you. That's where it starts in all of us. We all have the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We've all got that commission if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts and lives. So instead of getting too defensive, I just told them the truth. It started, and it starts in me. This is where the difference happens. If you want to see revival, then I have to ask people. You see, if I'm here every Sunday <coughs> and I'm just speaking to the choir, they can't, you can't expect them to get saved every Sunday. Come forward and put up their hand. I want Jesus in my heart and life. If they did it last Sunday and two weeks before, it's the same people. You see, it's up to you and I to bring them in. If you want to see salvations, you have to bring them in off the streets, off the highways and the byways. I can't touch everybody. I can't reach everybody. But you know, if we all reach out and we do what we can and leave the rest to the Lord, then you'll see salvations every Sunday. You'll see rededications happen like it did last week here in this place. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is moving. It says where two or three are gathered, there he is right here in the midst with us and here to spend a night alone. No, he's here to bless you, to bless little Kenya and little Chase and all of you. He's here to make a difference in your life. But I'm encouraging you today to pick up the challenge that he's given us all the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you're not happy about your neighbor, invite them to come to church with you. Let them see your love. Let them see your light at home. And let them see that you've got there's something different in you that they don't have. How did I get saved all those years ago, 19 years old, the rascal? Did everything this world had to offer. It wasn't the great preacher that was preaching that challenged me, although he was speaking the truth. What challenged me was the people on the platform, these ministers of the gospel. And I'll often look at them and I'll look and I'll, and I'll smile to them because I realize there's somebody out here looking to them and that smile, that encouragement, that enthusiasm is the thing that could bring them across the post. Why, why would you say that, Pastor? Because that's what happened to me. I chased some of them at school. I was a rascal with them at school. 
Some of them would never have thought that I would come to church, let alone ever be a pastor. Had no, no thought, no hope. I had no hope. But you know, with Jesus, there is hope for all of us. And that's what made the difference to me. And that's what made my heart search out that they had something that I didn't have. And that's been my goal since I got saved, that I may like my light shine unto others. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm a Maggie. But I do try in some certain cases. So we have had some miracles here in our own church, not in the last month. Wanda is sitting right there. It's a miracle she's here after living with Gunny all these years. I feel sorry for her, but never mind. I had received some books from Michael's father-in-law, Billy McKenzie. He had written his books, and I had some, and I gave them to some of the ladies in the church to read. Well, Wanda read it, and through the encouragement of reading the testimonies in the book, and when she heard uh, Billy speak, she had said to Gunny on the way to church one Sunday, the next time Billy's here, I'm going to go up there and receive prayer. So Jim says, well, you should do that. So anyway, unknown to them, Billy came down unannounced and was at church. So Jim turned to her and told her, it's a true story, right? Nod your head, yes. Yeah. It's a true story. He turned to her and said, you need to go up for prayer today, if that's what you feel. So Billy gave this message and did a fine job. He's a good looking man. He's the same height as me. Uh, got a little bit more hair in me, but he's, he's a, a lovely chap, and he's real, and that's what I like. Well, he gave his message, and uh, the time was for prayer. Wanda came forward for prayer, and I didn't know it, and she was wonderfully healed that Sunday morning. And that was just about a month ago. Hallelujah. You're asking about miracles that we see in our midst. That was one of them. And uh, it really blessed me. And if you want to get that book and read it, the different stories he had of testimonies, of healings, and different things in his life, uh, I can get one for you. This is another one. Remember Maria that comes from Venezuela. She sat at the back, lived in the apartments at the back, and her and her husband are looking for asylum from Venezuela. Her and her husband are both attorneys lawyers, very educated, was very well off in their country. And she, they, had two, they had twins that happened to be born in the U.S. They didn't mention that too much in Venezuela because for some unknown reasons, everybody doesn't like Americans. Everybody doesn't like Scottish people either. But they didn't like them, so they never mentioned Anyway, they come over here for asylum because of the troubles. And uh, Manuel was down in Florida. He wasn't here so much as Maria was. A lovely woman, and we've all learned to love her, and there are some people still in contact with her. And if you'd like to write her a little note and encourage them, that would be great. They're down in uh, Orlando now, waiting for their asylum to come through. So he had come one Sunday morning, and uh, I, I took them both to the to the. Uh, the, they get a U-Haul and also to the bus, 
to, to travel to Florida. So as we was, and I took him out the night before, Maggie and I took him out the night before. I'm trying to give you the details so you'll realize what's happening. So as, as we were sitting talking, and he can speak very, very little English. He speaks Latino, very, very little. And uh, well, I could say, I don't want to say places. Spanish, Latino, Spanish. So I could speak a little, Paquito, but not much, just like Rapido and uh, Hola, como esta, and things like that. So I can't say too much. But anyway, he uh, had come forward for prayer. And this was, again, was unknown to, uh, to me. And he emphasized to Maggie and I that he wanted me to tell the church his testimony. He had left their lovely home in Venezuela, and all he could do was to turn the key. And as he turned the key to walk away from it, the tears just flooded his eyes, realizing he didn't think he would ever be back to all their possessions, their lovely home, and to come and to have a new start in America. And he says he came forward for prayer. And because of the language barrier, his prayer was, correct me if I'm wrong, Maggie, his prayer was that, that when we prayed that he would understand the words that was said to him because he believed that the prayer was coming through the person to, uh, from the Lord. So this is with him talking to us, and, the, and he says, I want the, the church to know this. And he says, with this prayer, he's standing there, and his eyes was closed. And I had the privilege of, of praying for him. And as I've already told you, I can't speak Spanish. Uh, I, I just can hardly speak English, never mind Spanish. <laughs> it's like a broken brogue as I speak. And he says, as I prayed, I'd said to his wife, as I'm praying, you interpret for me. And as I said those words, I began to pray. Again, a true story. I began to pray. And he says, all he heard, heard was fluent Spanish coming from my lips. She didn't even have to interpret. All, it never happened to him before. And here he got the prayer. He got his prayer that he answered. Now, this is true. It's hard for me to tell you, but it is true. And the message that the prayer was, was me speaking in fluent Spanish. And he said that he, right, tell it, right? He said he heard every word. And he uh, wanted me to specifically tell the church how much he has been blessed because it encouraged him that the Lord was interested in him and the situation that he was in and that the Lord answered his prayer right here in the midst. That's another promise. That's another miracle that's happened right here in the church. And uh, so I'm going to get Spanish lessons to see if I can do this again. But, bo but both of them were, uh, were our lawyers and uh, they're now down in and, uh, uh, Florida, in Orlando area. And I want you just to continue to pray for Maria. And his name is Manuel. And pray for them and for their lovely, beautiful twins, lovely family. And uh, how would you like it to be, to leave your country and to leave your home? And leave everything that you'd worked for all those years and just leave it behind and turn the key and walk away. It's not an easy place for them to be in. He was discouraged when he left. 
And here he was, hearing from God, speaking in perfect Spanish as an answer to his prayer. He was so excited when he was relating it to me and uh, Maggie and I that he wanted you to know what had happened right here in this place. We have had souls saved in the last months that have given their hearts to the Lord. The other week, when Philip put out the appeal, there was folks that came forward to rededicate their lives and saved. Uh, so the power of the Holy Spirit is working and moving. But, you know, if it's just the choir that's here, what can we do? So it's up to you. I'm turning the tables around on you. We need to bring more in to get to know Jesus as their own personal Savior. I'm going to finish my message today with my grandson's story or my daughter's story. You know, the other week we showed you an x-ray of him as he got, just last week, he got the results from uh, his x-rays. The story goes like this so that you know the background. Well, he was little, a little boy, lovely boy. He's just full. He's a beautiful boy. And his grandfather and grandmother and grandmother and grandfather, we both love the Lord. But you know, whether we love the Lord or, or not, circumstances come our way and they can get in. It happens, what is it they say? Bad things can happen to good people. And here we were facing this little boy. Melissa, had been, who's a nurse, had been watching him and saw that there was something different with him as a baby. He was leaning more to one side and favoring one side. And she had told, I'll, I'll probably not tell it as good as them, but she had told them that there's something wrong with him, Bonnie. So Bonnie started looking and feeling and touching and realized herself that there was something wrong with the wee boy. So I am a great believer of doing all we can and leaving the rest to the Lord, but also pray at the same time. Well, they took him to the best specialists, the best hospitals in this area. And the options were that he would be put in a cast or he would have to have a major operation to straighten his spine. First slide, Ben. It's, is that as best you can get it? Yep. Okay, as you can see, the spine goes up and off to the left. That's, that was when they saw it. And we were really distraught. And we didn't really know, well, what, what, what will we do? So they took him to the doctors, and the doctors said, we'll have to wait a little while and to see for his age. So his father, uh, who's one of the pastors here, he says, we'll do socks for knocks. What's socks for knocks, but Well, socks for knocks is that we would wear wear these fancy socks. Everybody would wear fancy socks. Do you like that one? Aren't they nice? Real men can wear pink. So we started Socks for Knocks, his father did, and it went right across this nation and over into Europe, and everybody would send us pictures to Bonnie and to the family of them wearing these really unusual socks, fancy socks, and they would call it Socks for Knocks. And the idea was that when they put on the socks, they would pray for knocks. And that's what happened. And that's what we all did. So I have a lot of socks for knocks in my, in my, my drawers. But uh, so that's what we did. And this was the actual first x-ray that we got from him. 
Uh, and I'm glad that Melissa saw it, and her and Bonnie took, got the doctors and, and went. And, but we had, as a family, we had to reach out in faith. One of the moms, in the meantime, of Cade's class, had a, a jewelry. You know, when women invite you to these things, sometimes it's underwear, or sometimes it's powder, and sometimes it's... Well, this one was a jewelry show. Am I right, girls? Am I doing it right? Yes means yes, and no means no. All right, it was a jewelry thing that Bonnie was invited to, but her mind and everything was too caught up on her other situation. So all she did, just to be kind to the lady, so if you're having any of these shows, ladies, invite Bonnie, because she'll buy something you just to be nice. So what she did is she put in an order. She didn't know what she ordered and put in the order. Anyway, two days after we got this x-ray and got the results of Knox, there was a box that came in through the mail. And in this box was a necklace. Can you see that there? Can you all see who that is? Can you see it? Well, inside between my two fingers is a mustard seed. Sister Karen Medlin was talking about faith on Thursday. And I'm going to pass these round, and you can see, you can maybe take one yourselves. And the Bible says, if you've got faith, pass that round, Maggie, would you do that? Watch you don't spill it. Say hello to the people as you take it round. <laughs> it says that if you've got faith as a mustard seed, in Matthew 17, 20, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So she received this box, and inside the box was a semi-precious stone and a mustard seed. Now, this woman didn't know nothing about her, she didn't know what she ordered. Two days later, after getting these results, this is what came to her in the mail. mail. And inside there was the mustard seed, a precious stone, and it said, a little thing, it said, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That was inside the box. Two days after she got that news. Do you think God doesn't care about you? Do you think he doesn't care about our situations, no matter what they are? He cares. And before we even ask, he answers. And that little thing that she got in the thing, am I telling true, Bonnie? Encouraged you through? Yes, I know. Yes. Uh, really brought her through and, and helped her with the miracle that was on the way for her. Oh, by the way, that was just the first slide. He got his report last week. Could you put them up, Ben? There they are side by side. The one on the left was the first x-ray. The one on the right was this week's x-ray. And the doctor says it was as straight as a poker or as straight as an arrow. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. 
No body cut. Come on, Ben, help me. Help, help me out here. Tell me again. Come on, ask me the questions. So wait, so he was looking for a, a childhood of tough treatment. It's going to be tough on the family, tough on him. Take his, take his childhood away from him. If that happened, he didn't have to have any of that stuff done. Right? right? The doctors can't explain it, right? Right, right. That's right. a miracle. Yeah, right? it's a miracle. So that's, that's, that's the miracle. Yeah, man. Praise the Lord. He didn't have any of that stuff. None of that stuff. No, no operations, no straight jackets, no casts. The Lord took care of it all. And we are so happy. And you know what? You know who we're giving thanks to? To the Lord. And we're rejoicing. But we had to go through that stage of not knowing what was happening. And you are here this morning, and there should be others here this morning to hear that we do go through stages in our life, and we, and we can't understand it. I couldn't understand that. Hallelujah. Both these grandparents, pastors and ministers, been believers for years. <coughs> his mother, his uncles, his aunts. But things happen. Hallelujah. But you know, Jesus is on the throne. What is the conclusion that I have for you today? Number one, go to Jesus. Number two, go against the flow. Number three, believe in the impossible. Number four, trust in Jesus. Even when the circumstances don't match up, yeah, would the team come forward? In his time, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Let me encourage you today, no matter what you're facing. And there are people here, Martha and Robert, that are facing impossible situations. <coughs> Others are facing... <coughs> I'm choking. What took you so long, dear? They are facing things, and I feel for them. Miss Deborah had a car wreck. Somebody ran in the back of her last week, shook her up real bad. Circumstances will come our way that we're not expecting. But you know, I'm glad for prayer. I'm glad that we have one another, and I'm glad that we can encourage one another in the Lord. It's in the Lord, you see. It's in Jesus, you see. He's the answer for all of us today. His name is Jesus. So as we sing this song, if you've got a need in your life, if you need a miracle, why don't you come forward and the prayer team will join me and we'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray with you this morning. Go ahead, John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Where is the oil? Somebody get me the oil, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Billy. Hallelujah. I won't. Hallelujah. Seriously, folks. So it's a Lord that we're looking to. I'm just a vessel. Hallelujah. That's willing to, to, to pray for you this morning. Because I know that Jesus is the answer for all of us today. Whatever we have need of this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Can meet your need, brother Paul.